Well, good morning, everyone. I have here a beautiful little baby, and she's asleep. So we'll keep her like that, won't we? She's beautiful. She's not ours, thankfully. <laughs> They've done that four times. We're past our childbearing years. I'll just put her up here. Now, I'll just put her here on the edge. Just pop it there. I'll put her there so if she wakes up, she can look at her mother. She won't fall off because babies can't roll over. So everything will be fine. I have a confession to make. I lied to you. She's not a real baby, she's a doll. You were all worried for a second though, weren't you? Who here's a parent? Who here's got a parent? Yeah, most of us, most of us. I want you to imagine, I want you to imagine that this little child, this little baby, is your baby. Okay, I want you to imagine that she's your baby. And I want you to, to imagine that, that she is very distressed. Who here can do a good crying baby sound? Come on, someone's got a good crying baby sound. Yeah, okay, there's one. Okay, why don't we all, because we've all been there, we've all been crying babies. Come on, let's all give us one, two, three, your best crying baby sound, go. There's something very distressing about that noise, isn't there? I think God designed it that way so that you can't ignore it. It's the most irritating sound. You know, if you wake up in the middle of the night and you're just pretending you're asleep, aren't you? That, you know, your wife will go and she's pretending she's asleep. And No, you, I can't hear anything. But it, you can't ignore it. It's just that sound. But I want you to imagine that this little baby is your baby and she's a very distressed little baby. And you discover after she's born that she's been born blind. You know, I, I was there when I was 10 years old, right? We, we travelled up to Brisbane to be with my relatives because my auntie was having a little baby. And my cousin, Fiona, was, was born. And I remember when I was about 10 years of age, my other auntie, not the child's mother, but my other auntie, who was a paediatric nurse, noticed a ray of light, of sunlight, came through the window and fell on the baby's face. And she said, Fiona's not reacting to the light, as the sunlight was on her face. And she said, I think this baby might be blind. And I was there, like I remember that when they discovered that Fiona was blind. And 
she does have some very limited vision, but she's gone on to have the most tremendous life and she's got this wonderful family and you'd probably never know she was vision impaired. She does everything. She, she's just been this inspirational person, person, but it was very distressing for us on that day. But I, I want you to, to, to imagine that this baby, your baby, is completely blind and she's completely deaf as well. She's blind and profoundly deaf. And on top of that, she has severe brain damage. She's got severe brain damage. You know, I have a friend who's, whose name is Thomas. And now T Tom was born with microcephaly. That means his brain was very tiny. It just didn't develop right. Because he had a sister who died in the womb, a twin sister. And they didn't discover the baby had died until Thomas was born. And by then it was, it was really too late. Thomas's brain didn't develop. And Tom lived for 21 years. He was born just before my son Brendan, 28 years ago. Now, Thomas lived for 21 years, even though they said at the time he probably won't live for more than a few months. But he lived for 21 years because his mum and dad just had this irrational, in a sense, crazy love for him. They loved him to bits. They really did. And they went on to have three other kids who also loved their older brother to bits, like they really did. But Thomas, even when he was 21 couldn't roll over. He, he couldn't do that. He was very limited in what he can do. So I want you to imagine that your baby is born completely blind, profoundly deaf, intellectually impaired, and person after person has kind of told you that really that child should be put down. Or, you know, you really had no right to bring this child into the world. And that just makes you angry. It makes your blood boil because you love this child with this, this irrational craziness. And you'll do anything for her and all you really want is to comfort and care for her. And for her to know somehow that you are there and that you love her. I mean, what are you going to do? You are going to... You're going to do everything you can, aren't you, to communicate that love and adoration and care for your little precious one. You see, she's so intellectually impaired that she can't even smell you. She can't see you, hear you, smell you. She can't understand who you are. But we know what you're going to do, don't we? You're going to reach out and touch her. You're going to try to just touch her and hold her and make her feel secure. There's only one problem. You're big. You're really, really big. In fact, you are so big that there is nothing in all the universe that can measure how big you are. You're so big, and she is so small. And on top of that, 
you don't even have a body because you're invisible. Because ontologically, the very nature of your being is that you are spirit. But you love her irrationally and you simply can't turn your back on her because you love her. And on top of that, (laughs) on top of that, she has thousands upon thousands upon thousands, literally billions of siblings, brothers and sisters who are all exactly like she is. Deaf, blind, intellectually impaired. And they are all broken, like she is broken. You see, death was involved with every single birth and death infected and corrupted every single newborn baby. And friends, this is the truth of the cosmos. This is the truth of the cosmos. We read in Psalm 103 these words. Have a look at this. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are. He remembers that we are just like dust. Just let that sink in for a minute. He remembers that we are just like dust. Our days on earth are like grass, like wildflowers. We bloom and die. The wind blows and we are gone as though we had never been here. But the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. For his unfailing love for those who fear him, have a look at this, is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. That is irrational, isn't it? That your love for pieces of dust would be as great as the heavens are above the earth. You know, we, we went yesterday, Louise and I, to a lookout, and we were, you stand up on top of a high lookout and you go, wow. You, you get up in a plane and you start looking and you go, wow. You have a look at what it's like from the International Space Station. You go online and have a look at that and you go, wow. God's love for us it's crazy. It's irrational. This is the truth of the cosmos. He will do anything for us because we are just like this baby devastated by sin to the point where we can't possibly know and love and appreciate our creator, our father, but he loves us irrationally and will do anything to restore us to wholeness and to himself. This is the truth of the cosmos. Today we're continuing in our series looking at the person, the work and ministry of Jesus. Joel's asked me to speak to you today about the humanity 
of Jesus. And with specific reference to the opening words, the, the prologue of John's gospel. Now, in some ways, that was a strange request. Strange in that, as Joel said last week, it's actually the other gospels, Matthew, Mark and Luke, which make more of the humanity of Jesus rather than his deity. John's gospel starts not with the birth or the baptism of the man Jesus of Nazareth, but rather it begins with the pre-incarnate Son of God existing before creation, literally before anything, even time. So let's have a look at our passage today. John 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testifying concerning that light so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognise him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent nor human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. In the beginning was the Word. And when we think about Jesus, it's, it's so hard not to think about the man, the, the incarnation, the God becoming man and walking amongst us. But just for a moment, I want you to think about the pre-incarnate Christ. That is, the Son of God before he was conceived in Mary's womb by the Holy Spirit. That, that is who John calls the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Now, I don't think it's by accident that John starts with exactly the same phrase as the book of Genesis, in the beginning, which is actually what Genesis means. You know, the title of the book is actually, in Hebrew, the opening words, which just mean at the very origin, at the very beginning. Before there was anything, there was the Word, and he was both with God and was God. You see, see the Bible is primarily concerned with God's revelation of himself to humanity. God's eternal purpose is to be known by his creation. He just wants his creation to know him, to at least 
in some way be able to recognise him. And, and that revelation comes to us in a whole lot of different ways. It comes through the natural world, through what has been made, through the events of human history, through the words of the prophets, through the words of scripture. But ultimately it comes through the person and the work of Jesus. I, I want you to notice that there's no clear distinction, however, between what God says and what God does. When God speaks, it happens. Period. It's a really important point for us to understand. Words and deeds are virtually the same thing for God. Words are actions and actions are kinds of words. Have a look at these passages of scripture. In Genesis 1, it says, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God spoke and immediately it happened. You know, somebody said to me recently, not that little, you know, a little while ago, they said, man, I don't believe in the Big Bang, I believe the Bible. And I said, man, to me, you should have a look at Genesis 1 verse 3. That looks like a Big Bang to me. It really does. I mean, if the Big Bang theory... Now, I just want you to realise... People often think the Big Bang Theory is just this kind of thing that someone just made up. No, they're looking at God's universe. They're looking at what we can see and what we can measure and they're trying to work out what that means. Okay? The Big Bang Theory says that in one trillionth of a second... Just think about that for a minute. Think about half a second. That's pretty quick, isn't it? But I want you to think about a millionth of a second. And then think about a millionth of that. The Big Bang theory says that in a trillionth of a second, everything in the universe went from something infinitely small, in fact, an infinitely small nothingness, to something which we can actually look at today It's about 13.7 billion light years that way. 13.7 billion light years that way. And it did that in a trillionth of a second. That's not the Bible, that's the Big Bang Theory. Do you reckon that looks like what's in the Bible? God spoke. (laughs) And it happened? Everything that was made was made by God in a trillionth of a second. It's like that was the starting point. That was the dust that he started making stuff out of. God spoke and it happened. Verse, verse 30, oh, Psalm 33, verse 6 says, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth, Do you see what God is like? You want to see what he's like? Go and look. Go and look at the starry sky. Do you want to know how they were made? They were made by the breath of his mouth. Now, do you think for a moment that God has a mouth? A hole in his face that goes to his lungs or stomach? Of course he doesn't. He's spirit. He's simply using language that helps us with our limited human ability. Because remember, we are just like this little baby. Compared to God, we are blind and deaf and dumb and, well, pretty stupid, really. This language 
helps us to understand something of God through images that we can understand. Psalm 147 says, He spreads the snow like wool and scatters the frost like ashes. He hurls down hail like pebbles. Who can withstand his icy blast? He sends his word and melts them. He stirs up the breezes and the waters flow. Do you realise that the Hebrew word dabhar is used both for word and event? And the same kind of thing happens in the New Testament. So everything that God says is actually an event as well. And that's why Jesus, in coming to live with us, is also a message to us. The event of his incarnation also becomes his word to us. I think that's why Luke wrote in the book of Acts, this is in chapter 10, you know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. The message that God sent is the man, Christ Jesus. Jesus came to reveal the Father to us, to his creation. Everything that was made was made through the Son, the Word of God. Why? To reveal the Father to us. Have a look at what Paul wrote to the Romans. This is in Romans 1, verse 19. He says, Since what may be known about God is plain to them, to to humanity, because God made it plain to them, For since the creation of the the world, God's invisible qualities, remember his spirit, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. And then David declares in Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. There's no speech or language there where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the end of the world. Do you see the word of creation is the word of Jesus before the incarnation. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing has been made that has been made. From the very beginning, before even time was created, Jesus was revealing God to us through what he made. I'll say that again because I really want you to get that. Before the beginning of time, God was revealing the Father to us in what he was making. From the very beginning. And the thing is, you know, Jesus has done all this. And it's only in recent years that we, because God's given us these amazing brains, we've come up with things like the Hubble Space Telescope. We've come up with things like the, I think it's a very large array, they call it. It's, it's, it's this enormous telescope, radio telescope. It's got a diameter of 20 plus kilometres, right? And that's how we can see. We can look at the universe. We can see what Jesus was making more than 13 billion years ago. We can see it. Because he gave us brains to develop stuff to be able to do that. 
Now, this creation is not simply in the material world. The most powerful revelation of who God is comes through the creation of life. In the opening verse of Genesis, we read that God commanded the earth to bring forth living creatures. Creatures who, without even realising it, bear witness to who God is. Simply by being. Simply by being who the creator made them to be. Whether they be microscopic life forms swimming in a puddle of rain. Or the untamed majesty and strength of a lion. All creation tells us something about God. And then among all the living things, the creator planted another kind of life. The crowning glory of all that he'd created. The single life form that would reveal himself more fully than anything else he'd made. Genesis 1 verse 26 says, And God said, Let us, the Trinitarian Godhead, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. See, in creating humans, God created not just more life, but self-conscious life. Life that had the capacity to not only be aware of its own self, but life that could perceive and appreciate the creator. Life that could worship. Life that could, believe it or not, enter into relationship with God. Do you see what Jesus did? He gave us life itself. And then by that life, by becoming human, he expressed God to us in its clearest form. I think that's why John records this amazing conversation between Jesus and his disciples. Have a look at this, John 14. He's talking to the disciples and Jesus says, If you really knew me, you would know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And Philip said, Lord, show us the father and that will be enough for us. And Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you for such a long time? And then Jesus said the most amazing thing. Jesus, the human being standing before them, the one with whom they have shared the last three years. Now, you've got to remember that when these disciples hung out with Jesus... It was kind of like the way we hang out with a little baby, a little kid. You know when you've got a little baby, you don't ever just go, I don't know where the baby is. Who's got the baby? I don't know where the baby is. Good parents always know where the baby is, don't they? They're just with them all the time. And as they grow up, you know, they're little toddlers. They're they're just with mum and dad 24-7 in a way, like that. That's what it was like for the disciples. They're with Jesus 24-7. They saw him do everything. These guys watched him go to the bathroom. That's what they did. They were with him like that. They wanted to see how do you do life? How do you eat? How do you sleep? How do you do everything? And then Jesus says to them, anyone 
who has seen me has seen the Father. That, that is the most staggering claim you will ever hear. Isn't it? That the guy you're with, your mate, says, if you've seen me, you have seen the eternal God. And what blows me away is that those guys believed him. And they went to their death telling people that he was the son of God. Jesus has been revealing God to us from the beginning of time. And the ultimate expression of that revelation is found in him. In the word of God becoming a flesh and blood human being who lived and walked amongst us for a while and then who never for all of eternity takes off his humanity Jesus didn't do his thing down here and then go right now I'm taking it off go back to like I was now in coming to us in revealing himself to us in saving us God the word the logos the son of God became a tiny, microscopic bunch of cells, a fetus, and was born just like this little baby. He, he grew into a little boy, a smelly, smelly adolescent pulsating with hormones and energy and eventually into a man who changed the world like no other. The Apostle Paul wrote these amazing words about Jesus. He said, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Wow. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see. Such as thrones and kingdoms and rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else. And he holds all creation together. Do you notice that Paul doesn't say he used to hold all creation together? And now somebody else takes care of that. Jesus, the God-man, fully God, but now fully human is still holding it all together through the power of God wow Christ is also the head of the church which is his body he is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead so he is first in everything for God in all his fullness, was pleased to live in Christ. Get that? Not just a bit of God, a little bit, we could just take a bit off and put that into Jesus. God, in all his fullness, was pleased to live in Christ as a human being for the rest of eternity. And through him, through that human being, God reconciled everything to himself. 
He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross, which we have remembered and celebrated together this morning. Friends, this is our Lord. This is our Master. Excuse me. This is our King. Our close friend, our brother, Jesus Christ, the living Son of God. The one who doesn't just redeem us, humanity, to himself. See, he didn't just fix us. He didn't just heal us. But he heals all of creation. He redeems all things. He has made peace with all things in heaven and on earth. Praise God. In Matthew 11, we read about John the Baptist being held in prison. He's held there. You know, remember the story by Herod? And John was obviously worried about what was going to happen to himself because he knew that he had this calling. I mean, Jesus was pretty impressed with John. John said, of everyone born of woman, there's no one as impressive as John. So he, John was a good bloke. He, he, he walked with the Lord. But he's in prison. And it's like he's there going, uh, he sends a message. Um, Jesus, if you really are the Lamb of God, which I declared publicly you, that you were, because I saw that vision of the, the dove coming down at your baptism. If you really are the Lamb of God, do you think you could get me out of this predicament I'm in? Because it's not looking good. You remember that? You put yourself in John's position. He's there in prison. I want you to see what Jesus said to him. This is Matthew 11. He says, go back to John, he tells the messenger, and tell him what you've heard and seen. The blind see. See, we're born blind. The blind see. The lame walk. Those with leprosy are cured. Remember, no one in Israel was ever cured of leprosy until Jesus came along. The deaf hear. The dead are raised to life. And the good news is being preached to the poor. You know, I've had the privilege of seeing lots of people who've just come to know Jesus. And being a preacher, I see people's reaction to the words of Scripture in a fairly unique way, you know, when you're up here. And so often I've seen eyes open wide as though seeing truth for the first time. I've even seen it this morning where someone just goes, wow, they they see something for the first time because we're kind of blind to things of God, aren't we? I've had people say to me over the years, I can't believe I've heard that. And it never really made sense to me. It's like I just can hear it now. I can hear what the truth is or I can hear God speaking to me through his word I've never had that before I open up the bible and it's like he's talking to me because I can hear you see he <clears throat> he does this this is our lord our master our king the living one who opens the eyes of the blind who unplugs the ears of the deaf who renews the mind 
what Paul says. He will renew our mind and give us a new heart. He heals the wounded and the hurt. The man, Christ Jesus, firstborn among many brothers and sisters, seated forever at the right hand of the Father, the exalted one, the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. You know what's so amazing about all this? Is that those who put their trust in Jesus, who are in Christ... The fullness of God that was willing and loving to fill Jesus, the man, comes to dwell in us. God comes to dwell in us. That's pretty cool, isn't it? That is pretty amazing stuff. Amen. Let me pray. Lord, it's been so good this morning to focus on you and you and to see maybe from the scriptures things about you that have opened our eyes and our ears. Lord, I thank you for your word and the way that it continues to refresh and renew us. Lord, we thank you for the great truths found here that in you, All things are good. All things are redeemed. Lord, we worship you this morning, our Lord and King. Amen.